to, to, to raise them in a, in a godly and biblical way and to point them in the right direction. You know, Psalm 127.4 says that children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And so that's, that's always our prayer with your kids and with our kids and, and this church's young people is to point them in the right direction. And when you release them, you want them to go further than you'd ever imagine. Amen? And so we're going to dedicate these beautiful kids to the Lord and, uh, and believe God for great things over their life. And then as soon as, as soon as they're old enough to understand what Jesus has done for them, man, have that conversation, have that prayer, and, and point them straight to Jesus. And do that through the way you live in your home. Amen? So if you could, would you extend your hand forward and, and let's dedicate these amazing kids. God, we love you so much and we thank you for these beautiful, beautiful children. God, they're a heritage from you, God. You knew them before they were formed in their mother's womb. God, you know exactly who they are and where they're going to go. And so, God, I pray that you would, first of all, Lord, surround them with your protection, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're going you're gonna to continue just to, to shield their eyes and ears from things, God, of this world. And I thank you that you're going to use them in an awesome way, Lord, when they're older. And I thank you, God, that you're going to help Holly and Ryan. God, continue to point them in the direction that they need to go. So, Lord, we dedicate these kids to you, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your awesome name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we got to... Yeah, give it up. Certificate and their first Bibles. So once you give it up for this amazing family. They're awesome. Thank you. So cool. I love, love our church. I love that we, we have a church that believes in future generations. And that starts at that age. Little Bo, look at him. He's awesome. <laughs> Three months old. Uh, and, and you guys get to be part of that, uh, whether you work in a nursery or in kids' church or, or, or serve on a Sunday, whatever you do, man, it's, it's awesome that we have the privilege as a church body to support their, the, these parents and, and to support young people as they grow up and pointing them in the right direction. Amen? It's, it's just an awesome privilege. Well, listen, if this is your first time here to Coastline, we want to welcome you. We hope you feel welcome. We hope you're having a great uh, experience so far. And we would love to reach out to you and get to know you a little bit better. And we can't do that unless we have some information from you. So if you see a Connect card in your chair, we encourage you, fill that thing out and bring it out to the tent. And we'll exchange it for a Coastline coffee mug. Praise God for coffee, right? Um, but seriously, we want to we wanna get to know you. So if you could just put your name and at least your number or email address on this Connect card so that we can connect with you. And then this is something that, um, that we were challenged with, uh, and, and it challenged me. Um, if you attend here regularly, you probably never look at this thing, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I don't. <laughs> I should. Um, but on the flip side of that, you will see it says, plug me in. And there's an area that everyone in this room has an opportunity to serve in some capacity. I mean, you have early childhood, you have Little Rippers and Accelerate Kids Church, you have the Anchor Youth, you have I Heart My Church, which is greeting, parking lot, ushers, facilities. Everybody can do something, amen? And so if this is your home church and you're not serving, I understand life gets crazy and life gets busy, but we're not asking you to serve every service every week. If you can even do one service once a month, Trust me, it'll make a difference. All the volunteers say amen. It really will. And so here's, here's what we challenge you to do. If this is your home church, like if you look in the mirror in the morning and say, yes, Coastline is my home church. That's my family. Go time. Yeah. If, if you can honestly do that, then I encourage you, man. 
check one of these boxes in an area that you're interested in, in volunteering in, and, and someone will reach out to you from that ministry, and we'll plug you in. I think it's just so awesome that we have a church with so many opportunities and areas to serve. And to be honest, each one of these areas, they need you. Okay, God is growing this church in a way that only he can do, but it's our, our opportunity to, to step up to the challenge, right? And we, we can't continue to grow unless we have amazing faithful volunteers who can step in and help in the nursery with those babies or help in kids church or help park cars or help usher people in y'all with me so again if this is your home church that's something we can be excited about that we get to serve everyone everyone say that with me i get to serve it's an opportunity and trust me you will feel so blessed for it you really will there's nothing like serving god by serving others. And so I encourage you guys, grab one of these cards in your seat, or you can see Wes Mateka. He's at the back. He's that awesome looking dude right there. You, you can turn around. It's okay. There he is. He has a stack of these, um, or at the tent. And I, I encourage you, if you're not already involved in some capacity, man, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to get plugged in and get involved and be a part of what God is doing. Amen? And then on, on that note, um, Offering. We don't, we don't pass a plate here. We don't pass a box here or a bucket or a bag here um, to take up an offering. Because what we encourage you to do is that be in such a place where you trust the Lord with everything, including your finances, that that just is part of your worship to Him. Amen? And you can do that over here at this box on the side, the box in the back, or online at thecoastlinechurch.com, or even throw it in the mail. But again, if this is your home church... We, we challenge you and encourage you to trust God with 10%. That's your tithe of your income, all right? And we talked about this even last Wednesday with our teenagers. Most of them don't have jobs, but man, I think that if we can start young and start early, it's not as hard when you're older. I wish I would have gotten that, right? Because in my mind, when I get an allowance or get a paycheck when I was younger, I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. You know, I get to do this or I need to do that or I need to pay this. So I, I didn't even think about giving 10% to God. And now, all these years later, it was, it was very difficult for me to release that to God. But now that I've done it, let me tell you, it is the most freeing thing that you can imagine. Because we hope you trust God in every area of your life. But when you can trust God in the area of your finances, that's when you know, wow, I can trust him. I can trust him because he's not going to let you down. He's not going to let you fall on your face. Let's go through this life with an open hand. Whatever God puts in our hand, let's just let, allow it to flow through in any way he sees fit because it's all his. Amen? So we encourage you and challenge you to do that. Trust God with your giving and with your finances. You love Jesus? Oh, come on. Do you love Jesus? Awesome, awesome. Well, give it up for Pastor Steve because he has a great word for us. Thank you. Hey, before we get into that, uh, we have an an opportunity today to say thank you to some people that uh, are very, very important to us. Veterans Day is coming up this week, and I don't believe it is possible for us to say thank you enough to those who have served and are serving our country. Would you join me in that? Would those, all of you who have served at some point, including right up to the present, would you please stand for a moment? We just want to recognize you and say thank you to all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you. Well deserved. Thanks so much. 
Waiting is the subject today, and uh, I want to talk about this because it's something I know about. Perhaps you do as well. <laughs> this past week, I mean, this is just one illustration, but uh, uh, this past weekend we had family visiting from Missouri. Uh, Chris, our son-in-law, was uh, on business in Orlando, so uh, they brought the, the three grandkids, and they were all there, and Joan and I went Thursday evening, and uh, we just had a blast playing with the kids. So Thursday night, we're in the pool. It's getting late. It's dark, but there's lights on. There's music going, and uh, we're just having a really good time. And so, uh, you know, I'm being a good grandpa, playing with the kids. They're jumping all over me. I'm chasing them around, and I forgot about my age, so I tried to act younger. <laughs> And I actually am. And uh, at one point, um, I was after one of them. I pushed away from a wall. And when I did, one of the fingers of my left hand popped out of joint. Yeah. And yeah, my daughter said, how would you know it was out of joint? I said, well, because it, it was sideways to the other ones. You know? She said, yeah, that was probably. So uh, I did a Jack Bauer on myself. I yanked, grabbed that thing and yanked it back into place. It popped back in. And. I tried it, and I had full range of motion, so um, I thought, we're good. I'm not going to spoil the moment, having too much fun. So we just went on to play for a while. My little granddaughter wanted to dance to the music that was going on, so she's grabbing both of my hands while we're moving around in the water. And about an hour later, it was bedtime for them, and I said to Joan as we are heading back to the room, I'm just going to kind of go through the hotel lobby and see if they've got a first aid station or something. And uh, so we went to the front desk. No, we don't have first aid, but we got this thing, uh, first aid. We have this thing called loss prevention. And hold on, loss prevention, that's kind of a scary word. Uh, so hold on a minute, we'll call somebody and they'll be here to help. So they made the phone call and they just said, you can just hang around here and someone will be here soon. So, you know, 10, 15 minutes go by. And uh, the longer I waited, the more I was in distress. You know, when you're hurting, a minute seems like a long time. You know what I'm talking about? But when those minutes turn into hours, and hours turn into days, and days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, it can be torment. And that's what we're talking about today. There, there, I'm convinced there are different levels of intensity when it comes to waiting in our experience, especially our walk with God. And some of you know what I'm talking about already this morning because you have been waiting and you have gone through it and it's like endless, endless waiting for something to happen. I think the passage today is going to speak to you. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 40. And, uh, and you're going to see that God has a word for you like he did for the nation of Israel. Picking up at verse 26... What this says to us is God is not always easy to understand. So look at this. Verse 26, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. We're talking billions of stars, right? We know our astronomers tell us in just in our, in our galaxy, the Milky Way, and then you have galaxy after galaxy, almost beyond our ability to count them, uh, big, big numbers here we're talking. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. 
So he's setting the stage here and just kind of talking about God and who he is and his awesome power, his greatness, his ability to manage it, almost an infinite, infinite amount of things all at the same time. Pretty, pretty impressive. And then we get to verse 27. It's such a disconnect from the previous verse. It stops you for a moment. So why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say Israel? Jacob and Israel are the same word for the nation, right? Because Jacob's name was turned to, changed to Israel. So he's talking to a nation here. My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. See where this is going? It's so interesting because first he's saying, okay, so we got this big, awesome, huge God who's got everything under control in the universe so why do you? And I think it's so interesting that he uses the word, the, the name Jacob here, because it's almost like he's, he's just going through all of this vast amount of territory and coming right down to you. Why do you complain, Jacob? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. And then verse 28 resolves this conflict. If we can get where he's going, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So I want to focus on that last phrase for a few moments. His understanding no one can fathom. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Truer words were never spoken. You ever try to figure out God? Not going to happen. His ways are often beyond our ability to comprehend. There's just not this one-to-one correlation that, that I like to experience where I do this and God does that and it all works out. It's like my level of comfort doesn't even match up to how well, I'm behaving at the moment. Sometimes I'm at my worst and life is going well. Sometimes I'm trying my hardest and it's awful. How, how do you figure that out when we're so accustomed to, I do this, God does that, and everything works out accordingly? It just doesn't seem to be, but his ways are, in another place, Isaiah says to us, hey, listen, his ways are beyond your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If not, I mean, go, go and figure, how would he be God if he wasn't greater than our ability to understand him? He's just beyond us at that point. So sometimes, um, sometimes kids don't understand their parents. Sometimes students don't understand their teachers. Sometimes humans don't figure out God. I remember when I was uh, 19, it was the summer between my, I think my sophomore and junior years in college, and I wanted a motor motorcycle. I mean, I just, I wanted one. And my dad would re refuse. No, too dangerous. I'm not, I don't know what there was in his background, but he was adamant. He wasn't going to allow me to get one because um, maybe it was the way I drove. I don't know. He didn't. <laughs> feel that I was safe out there on something like that. But I badgered him until he finally gave in, and I got my motorcycle, and, and then almost immediately, I wanted to make a trip to visit my roommate in Philadelphia. I, I grew up in upstate New York. It was about an eight-hour drive, and I was still pretty new. didn't have that many hours logged on a motorcycle. I was like, no, you're not going to do that. And again, I badgered him until I got what I wanted, so my parents finally agreed, and I decided to make this, this trip all in one you know, 
jump on it, and I'm going to go until I get there, stop for gas if I need to between here and there, and that was about it. Two things happened on that trip that really were eye-openers for, for me. One was I was barreling down the road and about 70 miles an hour, and I dropped off. I don't know. It was just I was tired from being on the thing for a long time or what it was. I dropped off the side of the pavement, and it was about an 8-inch drop from the pavement to the gravel I landed on. And at 70 miles an hour, I was struggling to hold on to that thing and keep it upright till I got it slowed down enough that I could get back on the pavement. And my heart's going like this, and it's like, okay, maybe I'm not as good as this as I thought I was. But something worse happened later on in the trip. I was going, I was heading down the highway, it was two-lane road, and uh, I went into a curve, unfamiliar road, I'd never been on it before, went into a curve too fast, and it was pretty sharp uh, to the right. And so uh, I'm leaning that thing as much as I dared to lean it to get around that corner, and I crossed the center line, and as I did, I saw that there was a car uh, coming head on toward me. And I was pretty sure at that point I was going to have to lay that bike down, and I knew if I did, I'd slide right in front of that car, both of us going about 50 or 60 miles an hour, and that would be the end. Somehow God helped us get past each other, and keep me on my wheels, and I went on my way. But by the time I got home, I had some different thoughts about how well I had it figured out versus my parents' apprehensions about how things might go. We don't always understand what others do, and we certainly do not always understand God and his ways. But he's working out there for our good and we need to understand something going on. What I really like about this is the, the contrast that sets up for us between the macro and the micro view of God. In theological terms, it's his transcendence versus his imminence, okay? Him way out there versus right down here. So when we look at verse 26, it's all about God, and he's the he's creator of all the stars and the heavens, this grand universe, and he knows them all by name, and he counts them every night, and everything, he, he manages all of that. And then we get to verse 27. And it's why, so it, with that in view, why do you have a problem understanding that God is able to work in your situation? I mean, sometimes, I mean, if you're like me, there are those moments when you're able to worship God. You know, it's like, He's holy, he's awesome, he's great. I can sing, I can believe what I'm singing, I can worship him, but when it comes to to, to actually feeling like he's involved in the nitty-gritty of my life, it's like, it doesn't feel that way at all. For the five years prior to Joan and I coming here to Coastline, we went through this kind of thing. It It was a long, long transition that we didn't expect. We thought that we were obeying God. We, we did everything that we thought that we should do. We tried to do more, and when things didn't work out, and we're just kind of stranded in no, no man's land, we tried some more things, and it didn't work. So we tried something else, and that didn't work until there was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment that, that stacked up to the point where I'd be happy to do it but I don't know what that would be. I, I, 
I honestly, I, I give up. I, I can't try anymore. I can't work at this anymore. I'm not going to put myself out there one more time so that I'm disappointed again. I just can't do it any longer. I'm over God. If you want to do something, help yourself. I welcome any help that I can get, but I, I'm done. I, I'm just done. If you've experienced that, I think maybe God set you up for the service because from that very first song, the Holy Spirit's been in this place talking to some hearts. He's got something in store for you. You don't understand God. You don't understand what's going on in your life right now. But I just wanted, I want you to know, haven't you, don't you know, haven't you heard, God is in control. He still is. And he doesn't grow tired, and he doesn't grow weary. It doesn't matter what your name is. He does know where you are. He knows what's going on, and he cares about that. He's at work. So let's go on to the second point. Waiting can wear you down, right? You know what I'm talking about? I hate waiting. I am the most impatient person when it comes to line or any time, kind of waiting. I'm so glad God moved us here because we were. I had to navigate Washington, D.C. traffic every day for 16 years that we lived there. And uh, it was not a good spot for me to be. I, I would call myself a moderately aggressive driver. <laughs> Others might label me differently. But here's my philosophy. If somebody's going to cut in 